This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dirt and Sprague on Football Friday on 1080 The Fan. The autumn wind is a pirate blustering in from sea with a rollicking song he sweeps along Swaggering boisterously. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here. 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2, and YouTube.com slash 1080 The Fan. If you miss... Any of the hours of the show, 1080 The Fan's podcast section, you can uh, find that, 1080thefan.com, and you can reach the show at the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. They teach you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them for more information at vancouverford.com. Trevor Sikama is going to join us from Mobile, Alabama. He's covering the Senior Bowl for PFF. He's their lead draft analyst. Get his thoughts on Bo Nix, uh, JPJ, Fuaga, Trice, all the names in the Pacific Northwest, how they're doing at the Senior Bowl. They're getting rave reviews, especially JPJ. He is uh, looked at as one of the best offensive line prospects. He's made himself a lot of money during these Senior Bowl practices, and the game, of course, is on Saturday. I'll dive into the Ducks and Beavers coming up here at 7.15. They were on the road at L.A. last night. Uh, Ducks getting a convincing win, although the end of that game was a little nerve-wracking and Oregon State goes on the road and they basically cannot play basketball they are an entirely different team when they go on the road we were talking about the craziness of college football right now B1G radio station here now that Oregon is in the Big Ten Conference Pac-2 B1G uh, radio station and just how it's as big as the sport's ever been and yet in a lot of ways as broken as the sport has ever felt and the craziness of that has kind of all these wrinkles to it and one of them was we lost the Boston College coach Halfley Jeff Halfley he decided to go be the D coordinator in Green Bay 
we had another one pop up, and it was it was rumored a week ago, but his name popped up even more yesterday. UCLA's head coach Chip Kelly is actively interviewing for offensive coordinator jobs. Cliff Kingsbury, who was uh, OC slash quarterback coach for USC last year, and Caleb Williams, he's agreed to a deal to be the Raiders coach or offensive coordinator with Antonio Pierce. He averaged 23.6 points per game in the NFL, and he did have that one good year with Arizona where they ended up losing in the playoffs. But ultimately, Cliff Kingsbury always thought of, you know, obviously has his ties to Texas Tech and whatnot. He's an OC with the Raiders, so he has gone back to the National Football League. Chip Kelly was one of the finalists for that job. Chip Kelly uh, has ties to Dan Quinn, and so many people are wondering if he's going to interview and try to be the OC uh, in Washington. The, the interesting part of this is he's still the head coach at UCLA. How are the Bruins handling all of this? Their head coach is, like, not saying it, or maybe he has, but I mean, he's basically telling you, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be that coach of a college program. I want to just coach offense in the National Football League. Another one. And not that Chip Kelly leaving college is shocking. He clearly has never liked recruiting. That goes back to Oregon. Uh, but he wants to abandon being the head coach at UCLA. And so it's like another part of the craziness of college football. Chip Kelly wanting to be the OC of a football team in the NFL. Is he a good hire for an OC job? Damn right he is. I mean, You think this, he is? Yes. This, he revolutionized college football offenses and in it's 2010 it's been long enough now he's 14 years ago well, let, me, let me make my point he's been in the game long enough to where i think he is he is open to other voices he's not just running his offense like he was in 2010 he's never had another marcus mariota he's not he's never had players as talented as he did in that time in oregon I, i'm well, whose so, fault is that it, it, I, I, I would, is. He's the head coach of UCLA. He's in L.A. I would say it's because he hates recruiting. And I don't really know so much about his staff. Does he have anybody there that's kind of a uh, recruiting specialist? Like, are there a couple his of staff guys? fell apart. He lost Ryan Gunderson to Oregon State, who's now the OC in Corvallis. And he lost his D coordinator, uh, Lynn. USC just came in and took him. So his lead D coordinator, who had one of the best defenses in the conference, gone, poached to the other L.A. school. Yeesh. And his offensive guy, uh, gone, he's gone to Oregon State. His staff has been, it's been plucked through. And, you know, I not that there's a huge contingent of UCLA football fan in Portland, but I think any UCLA fan in the Portland area would tell you, yeah, you know, not been great. It's not been the experience. He was, he was long for the Florida job. He almost got the Florida gig. And he chose to go to U, uh, UCLA that has not gone the way that he thought. Yeah, DTR, that was a nice uh, final season for him, but ultimately it's not been what it once was at Oregon. No, but uh, making making sense of him leaving UCLA, I mean, if there, there's no staff there, he's got to do all that work. It just speaks to, now I'm not sure Seattle would hire him. Are you asking the question like, will he leave? I think he would, but would Seattle bring him on? It sounds like Seattle's eyeing Ryan Grubb, uh, the yeah, OC at Alabama. Yeah, yeah, they're looking, uh, Ryan Grubb's not really liking Tuscaloosa so much, and he's thinking he might want to move back to Washington and, and move to the NFL while well, he wouldn't have to recruit either. But that's the thing, I think Chip Kelly, if he is really willing not, you know, hey, it's like, I don't need to be the head voice, not to, to be the guy yelling in the room. There's no reason why he couldn't be hired by one of the 32 teams of the NFL. I, I, I see no reason why why somebody wouldn't take a chance on him. I uh, 
I, I was reading about Cliff getting hired by the Raiders and what Antonio Pierce was aiming to have accomplished offensively, Schultze. And I'm reading about these numbers from Cliff Kingsbury's offenses. Somebody put out a picture and said, Devontae Adams, welcome to your route tree. And it was DeAndre Hopkins in Kingsbury's last year. He, it was just one game, but in that one game, he didn't have one route that went past 12 yards. Like, well, enjoy. Like, that's not the NFL, man. you got to move the ball down yeah, the you field. Do. got to take shots. Yeah, you, you, you got to, and his route trees were all within like 8 to 10 yards at most. None of no, it wasn't even 10. It was like 6 to 8 yards. That's DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. Devontae Adams, he's a big play guy. He's a home run hitter. And so good luck to the Raiders. We'll see how that works out for him. I would rather have Chip Kelly. Yeah, I, I would so. rather have Chip Kelly as my play caller in the NFL because even though I push back on the, you know, what he did and his time at Oregon was special, but again, that was a long time ago. He made his own bet at UCLA. He has nobody to blame but himself. He's the head coach. If he wanted a staff that was elite, if he wanted this and he wanted that, that's on him, man. He dictates those terms. Go out and recruit. He doesn't like recruiting. He wants to just coach football, and I get it. I do. His personality is kind of perfect for it. I'm I'm be interested to see if DC gets him the job. I don't know so much about Seattle. The noise is loud in Seattle with Ryan Grubb. That report came out yesterday. We'll get to the coaching audio. Mike McDonald, Jim Harbaugh, Dave Canales. I watched all these press conferences. I'll tell you who I thought kind of quote unquote won the press conference. Not that that means anything, but a guy that I thought instilled a lot of hey, okay, this is kind of getting me up. But if you're looking for an offensive mind. Chip Kelly just having to come in and focus on offense and X's exactly. and O's and schematics and not crouting and not running the day-to-day not operations, the not being the guy. Just, hey, Chip, once in a while, once in a blue moon, the media is going to want to talk with you. But for the most part, you'll be left alone. You don't have to crute. You don't have to run the day-to-day. You just worry about offense, man. That's all I need you to do. Seems like a nice role for him. I'll be curious to see if Dan Quinn, though, also feels that way. Yeah, young, talented quarterback in the NFL. I'm sure that an offense that's, I mean, they're going to be trying to remake themselves, but I'm assuming if they did look at Chip Kelly, they would have some weapons for him to work with. That's a great situation. Yes, he he revolutionized college football 14 years ago, but as he just said, you got to take shots. You got to move the ball down the field, and we all know Chip can do that. Uh, let's, uh, speaking of chip, let's talk a little Oregon and Oregon state basketball. They're on the road in Los Angeles. Talk about that coming up next on 1080 the fan. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too. With the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. We already got a little bit of Super Bowl trash talk from one team. We'll talk about that a little bit. Trevor Sikkim of PFF. He's their lead draft analyst. He's in Mobile, Alabama. He's going to join us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We'll get his read on all the big prospects at the Senior Bowl. Uh, one of our listeners tweeting us saying, I, I think Chip wants to leave US- UCLA because he knows his offense will not work in the B1G. He'll fail, plus he doesn't want to head coach. He's lazy. I don't think he's lazy. I, just, I think he really only cares about X's and O's of football, schematics, drawing up game plans, and nothing else. And I don't know what UCLA does because that job's weird in general to me in football, but he might not be gone. He might still be the head coach of UCLA, which, man, that's such a weird position to be in. Hey, I tried to leave this summer, and it didn't work. And then there were questions about him getting fired, what, three games before the end of the year? Oh, they've year. had airplanes flying with signs, fire chip for a long time, but he, he just signed an extension, and UCLA's broke. So um, yeah, it, it's a weird development going on down at uh, Westwood slash Pasadena, which that in itself is what outlies the weird part of UCLA. Uh, Ducks and Beavers men's basketball in Los Angeles right now. The Ducks got a nice win. Uh, not that USC is good. USC is pretty bad. I, I, was wa- I was watching both of these games, dual screening it, and I was just shocked how bad Andy Infield's team is. God, they're bad. And Oregon went out there winning. They, like, they played their best game. Uh, Shellstad had a nice showing. You got some big plays from Infali. You got some nice plays from Cousinard. Uh, but for the most part, handled business against the Trojans. UCUSC did have a little bit of a comeback at the end there. Pressed them, but Oregon was able to maintain, hold on, and they get a much-needed win because Arizona beat California. So they're trying to stay right within striking distance at the top of the conference. They beat the Trojans, and the Beavers went down to UCLA that was a weird line. Ten and a half was a lot of points for a UCLA team that I don't think is very good. Yeah, I bet that Oregon State line. You did? I did. You gamble on college basketball? Yeah, last night. What else was there? There were four NBA games, and the NHL All-Star Weekend is starting off. So there was so literally... So the Pro Bowl. Uh, Dodgeball. Feel it, the mojo. Yeah, so it was literally NBA and college basketball. An offshore degenerate college basketball gambler. I, I love it. Damn right I am. Uh, Oregon State on the road is... Not anything that they are at home. And I know certainly you can point to a lot of programs that say, yeah, they go on the road, they're not as good. Their numbers are jarring when they go on the road. They're 60, I mean, it's a 16 point swing. Percentages are all over the place. And Oregon State in a position, they were hanging with UCLA. They went a five minute stretch without scoring and still were within striking distance, kept it, you know, right in that four to five point range. 
didn't get much. Outside of uh, Bilodeau, who was their leading scorer, and Pulp being good, they didn't get a whole lot. Their starting center is not very good, and I don't know what it is, but Wayne Tinkle's team goes on the road, and they can't perform at all. If you can't beat USC, you pack it up for the year because that, that, it's a done deal. USC is the worst team in the conference. They should at minimum be able to win that game. Uh, but Oregon keeping up with Arizona and Oregon State still being stuck at the depths of hell within the Pac-12 conference. Just hearing you say USC is the worst team in the conference, just it makes my heart sick. That makes you feel good? Oh, that makes my sports pants tight. Mm. Sorry, lovey Danny Meringue. I'm sure he's not I don't think he cares about USC No, he's not living and dying on the success of USC basketball. Unless they're good. He's that kind of college basketball guy. Well, I think I'm kind of that college basketball guy, too, because if the Ducks were ranked number five in the country right now, I'd be like, yeah, Folly Dante, player of the year. But, Mm. you know, I digress. Three and seven in conference versus seven and three in conference. That's what we have right now in our state. <laughs> I, I told you, I think a couple weeks ago when I was here in for swag, the Beavers really should have tried to, to to shift gears in their college basketball game like years ago. I get it, the the elite run or the elite eight run with Tinkle. I guess you still have the feels about that, but I don't know. This was a good situation if, and this is just hindsight being 2020, if you had the foresight to see that the conference was starting to break apart, maybe put a little bit of investment into that lesser-known program because, uh, guess what? NIL works in college basketball, too. There's guys going to FAU University because it's in Florida. Like Final Four team, though. But nobody knew that they were going to be a Final Four team at that point, and I feel like NIL kind of helped a team like Florida Atlantic University become a Final Four team. So, Beavers, if you got some money, if you got some of that uh, alumni dollars coming your way, I, you, well, you could make that change as well. They're not in that position. No, they're not. Um, I don't know what Tinkle's going to do. Even 10 years, and he's got a couple runs, but... And it was Craig mm. Robinson before that. It's just been a lot of lackluster. Eh. Yeah, the hoops program's largely been irrelevant since the Orange Express, which sucks. I, I, I love, I love that you got success in baseball. You know, forever a Pat Casey fan. I'm a I, I Beavers think... baseball guy, but but I just you want to see your college basketball team do better. There's a chance to be represented on the national stage that y'all are missing. Uh, Oregon UCLA should be fun because UCLA's not great this year. But they've come on a little bit. They've gotten out of their, you know, their slow start. I'm watching more college hoops this year than I traditionally have. Okay. I think part of the reason for that is I'm interested to see what year ten is for Tinkle. Oregon's coming off a non-tournament season, so like some people, and I don't think it's very many questioning Altman, which I think they're going to be right back in the tournament this year. And Portland's going to have a good draft. They might have two. They're probably going to have two picks. Because Golden State's not very good. Yep. And so just kind of fascinated to see what in the college basketball landscape it kind of looks like for talent. Again, not a great draft. Um, but just keeping up with it. Oregon-UCLA should be a fun one. Oregon State has to win at UC- USC. If you can't beat USC, and I think most Beaver fans in general have kind of pivoted already to the baseball stuff. Because the, the program is not giving them a whole lot. The Elite Eight run was fun. It was monumental, but it's already been a couple years, and they haven't responded uh, necessarily. I know they went on a youth movement here, a rebuild, but uh, Pope is, uh, God, Pope is a killer. Billado was good last night. They just, they, they can't find whatever it is they're lacking from the road to, uh, from home to the road, and so they're stuck in this kind of bottomless, bottomless, uh, you know, 
tough route within the conference. That's not even very good. It's not even a good conference. No, the Pac-12 has never been it's one of the elites. It's very mediocre, and it's very top-heavy only. And, you know, they're kind of at the bottom of that. So it's really unfortunate. But Oregon is still rolling here. So I'm keeping tabs with Oregon, Oregon State, watching some of the prospects uh, that are going to be kind of lingering in the draft within the conference. And we'll see what happens when both of them take on uh, UCLA and USC as they switch now. They're both in L.A. Uh, was Jordan Pope like a, a big like four-star recruit guy for... Freshman of the year last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but getting him out of high school, like how... I don't really know what the Beavers do recruiting-wise, so... They don't do very well. Well, it's just, so it's like, well, how do the Beavers succeed more? Uh, Jordan Pope uh, times three, but it just doesn't sound like they get their hands on guys that often, unfortunately. Uh, he was a three-star point guard three prospect. Star point I mean, guard. He's, a, he's not a very big guy. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of break through when you're you know you're six foot nothing but, yeah, but a lot of college teams have guys like that that, that well, do he's break good through. Yeah. there's a reason that programs keep sniffing around his services and he's been asked multiple times about his commitment long term which it's another part of the nil world that sucks is you end up uh potentially losing talent i hope he doesn't leave i like watching him play basketball he's like one of the only bright spots uh for oregon state hoops uh let's go to the senior bowl trevor sikama of uh, Pro Football Focus. He is the lead draft analyst for PFF. Get his thoughts on how everybody's performing down in Mobile next for the Daily Ticker, but for Schultz with a sports update. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. It is Daily Ticker time here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. And uh, I'm excited. For our guest here, Schultze, I've talked about the Senior Bowl. It's it's got me. Its hooks are in. Its teeth is sunk into the neck. I'm I'm all in. I love the Mobile Alabama Senior Bowl. It's become quite the event. Uh, Trevor Sikama of PFF, their lead draft analyst, is joining us. Uh, he's on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. You can find his great work at pff.com. Uh, Trevor, good morning. Thanks for hopping on with us. This uh, I said on Monday. This event feels like I, I, it's been big, but it feels like it's growing every single year and in a lot of ways kind of rivaling the combine. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys having me, man, and I, I completely agree. You know, this year in particular, uh, I think you looked at this roster on paper coming into the week, and I've been doing this full time. I mean, it is my seventh senior bowl, I believe, so I've been doing this a little bit now. I think top to bottom, this is the most talented senior bowl roster that, that I've ever seen. And obviously you have, you know, like some of the guys will drop out before the event starts, you know, like some will you know, get hurt and kind of be out of the lineup. So maybe the game won't have as much of the product as we thought before the week began. But still, I mean, even the fact that there were all those stacked players accepting these invites to be able to play at this event, what we saw out on the field, I think, was just a testament to the work that Jim Nagy and his staff has, have put together here. 
for the senior bowl and, and putting together, like you said, a really, really great product. You know, the combine is very, it's a different feel. You get more interviews from these players. You know, you're, you're learning more about who they are as a person and um, you get some of that athletic testing, of course, but the pads are still on at this event. Like you get real football at this event. And I think both of those things are very important when it comes to uh, a lot of people turning the page, a lot of casual fans, if you will, of the draft kind of turning the page from the regular season, getting into draft season. It's a great way to uh, to intro a lot of these guys that are in this class. I want to get to some of the, the names for us out here on the West Coast that we're familiar with and how they're performing, but I want to ask you something you just hit on there. Was the expectation going into it, Trevor, that this was going to be the most talented, or is it something that as soon as the guys got there and padded up, a lot of people, including maybe yourself, just thought, oh, man, this is this is a little different than we, this is the best one. Did you think that going in? Yeah, so with my title at Pro Football Focus, I do a lot of draft work year-round. And so I'm kind of building out the big board and the prospect list uh, Mm -hmm. pretty early. You know, I'm I'm doing a lot of that in in October and November. So I was very familiar with a lot of these players, so I was super impressed. But even that being the case, I think a lot of people who, again, like I said, are, are, are getting an introduction into this draft class for the first time got a real treat. And, you know, with the COVID year still existing for a lot of these guys in college football, you have these players who have that extra year of experience. Maybe in previous seasons, maybe they would have had to come out last year, but they had that extra year of eligibility. So it's another year to work, another year to get better. I mean, I think about guys like you know Christian Jones from Texas, a five-year starter at offensive tackle. Who you go, ah, man, okay, experience, but why is he still? Why isn't he in the NFL yet? What's going on? Well. This past year was his best year yet, and he's out here at the Senior Bowl playing very, very well. So might have been a little bit of an afterthought, but that extra year, uh, getting to see him out here in Mobile, that, it's something that was proven very valuable. So I think the combination of, uh, of all of those things has made for a really talented group this year. Trevor Sikama is our guest here, PFF.com, lead draft analyst, as he noted there. So he's been following this stuff year-round all the time. And now he's down in Mobile, Alabama, as we got the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl. And I can't wait to see it Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, let's start with a local player. I was texting with a friend of mine who covers some recruiting-based stuff up here in the Pacific Northwest. And he said that, I, I don't know if a player's made more money for themselves than Jackson's Power Johnson, uh, who's you know just outperforming a lot of metrics and, and just the way kind of people viewed him going into the event. There's some video clips that have circulated just overpowering defensive linemen. What have you made from the center from Oregon and Powers Johnson and how he's been performing? Yeah, I mean, he's been awesome. You know, he was a top 60 player for us on our big board going into the week. And so you know, it's not like this guy was seen as a, a day three player and has vaulted himself up to uh, to top 50 status, but still, there were questions about Jackson Powers Johnson specifically. You know, Oregon's got him listed at a pretty heavy weight, which you'd like to see as an interior offensive lineman, especially when you turn on the film and see how well he moves. He did measure in uh, at, uh, I believe, six foot three, 335 pounds, which is big for a center and an <laughs> offensive guard. But again, you get out there, the pads come on. He looks like he's moving at 310. You know, he looks like he's 25 pounds lighter. And so it's those light feet, the coordinated feet combined with that power that he's got in that giant barrel of a chest that he has. I mean, he was he was stopping people with power. He was stopping people with speed. And so he was super, super impressive. But another question that he answered this week is, okay, we know what you can do at center. We've seen it on tape at Oregon. But this event is great for – putting guys in different situations, right? Outside corners, they'll put them in the slot to see what they do there. You know, guys who are more off coverage players, they'll put them in press coverage to see how they do there. On the offensive line, you go, okay, well, if this guy's 
got some versatility. Let's put him at all these spots. So he got reps not only at center, but at guard as well. He still looked just as comfortable, just as confident. And I think that you mentioned it. He was one of the biggest winners. Not that he took the biggest leap up the big board, but I think he solidified himself as a first-round pick this week. Uh, his teammate, the one that he was hiking the ball to, had a nice little two-year turnaround for his career. You know, he wanted to be at Auburn for his whole life, and that was the place. It didn't go quite how he thought. He comes out to Eugene, Bo Nix, and he has a Heisman campaign. Uh, what, have, what have you made of Bo Nix? I know he's a little older than most of the seniors and even most of the prospects. He's in college. He liked, to, liked the process, like playing in college football. What have you made of Bo Nix, and, and how has he looked out there? So I like Knicks. I really do. I thought that he's kind of a fringe first round quarterback for, for a while now. And, you know, this week it was, it was a slow build for him. I thought they ended well yesterday um, in the final practice on Thursday, but at the beginning of the week, I just felt like he was, he was tight. Like he was, he he wasn't playing loose. You know, I I watched there's a couple of under throws from him. He just like, he wasn't letting it rip. I feel like he was thinking too much about it. And that can sometimes happen in events like this where you know it's a job interview, right? You know that every snap that you take is being evaluated. You know, the media part of this is, is so big now that everyone's got a camera out recording what you're doing 24-7 when you're at one of these events, especially when you're out on the field. The scouts are playing close close attention, so they know every rep matters, and that can be something that is a lot of pressure. And so I would have liked for Knicks to come out and play a little bit more relaxed, but I think you did see a little bit of that on day three on, on Thursday. I felt like he ended the week, I feel, at least with his strongest day. But the accuracy wasn't as good as I've seen from him on tape, you know, simply because I just I think he was playing a little wound up too tight. He wasn't playing as loose. So we'll see how he plays in the game uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, we're talking with Trevor Sikkim, a PFF leave draft analyst on Twitter, at Tampa Bay Trey. Go find his latest work at PFF.com. He's covering and following the Senior Bowl, which the game is on Saturday on the NFL Network. Uh, an offensive lineman in our state, but for a different team, Talese Fuaga. It, it was a beast in Corvallis. There was no questioning the greatness that he was showing on that offensive line, and that offensive line group was uh, you know, some of the best groups in college football during his time in Corvallis. He is, I think, a lot of mock drafts that get released here, Trevor, and I'm always curious how you interpret people throwing out mock drafts, given that you cover this stuff year-round. Uh, he's anywhere from like a 12 to 21 range type guy in the first round. How has he performed uh, in Mobile? Yeah, so Fuaga has been one of my favorite guys in this draft class for, for a while. And, and and not to stake my claim on, oh, I was first on him. That's not what I mean when I say that. But I have the luxury of getting some eyes on these guys pretty early. And I actually didn't didn't know. Fuaga wasn't really on my radar going into the season. And uh, Actually, a buddy of mine who – follows college football very closely. He's like, hey, you got to take a look at this right tackle. He's draft eligible for Morgan, for Morgan State, and he's kicking ass out there. And I was like, all right. So I turn on the tape, and I go, whoa, okay. We're, I mean, we're talking about this is a future NFL offensive tackle with how well he was playing. So before the rest of, I'd say, like a lot of the media, even draft media, kind of got their big boards and their rankings out and things like that, I had him ranked pretty high, and this has happened before. You know, I've seen, okay, I really like this guy's tape. He's going to be higher on my big board. But sometimes you get, you know, mock drafts from, say, Daniel Jeremiah or, you know, Mel Kuyper. These guys who are very plugged in where they do mock drafts, not just from what they're seeing from these guys, but also what they are hearing from NFL teams, from scouts, and where they think a guy is going to land. And it's not always that that lines up. Sometimes I'm just a lot higher on a guy than it seems like the NFL is going to be. But we've got those mock drafts that are now out, some of those rankings that are out. And Fuaga did end up being a top 
20 player for that. And it made, it made me happy because I'm like, good. I, he is a great football player, and I was really excited to see him at this Senior Bowl event. Uh, he did not disappoint. He won with power so much. I mean, he is, he is such a dictating type of offensive tackle. It's something I love uh, about Darnell Wright last year from Tennessee, the guy who goes top 12 in last year's draft. He, even in pass blocking, he brings the fight to you. He is dictating the contact. He is dictating things with power. But we even saw some speed offensive linemen try to get the better of him going up the arc, around the outside shoulder, and yet he had the quick footwork to beat guys to the spot, beat guys to the angle, to his landmark, if you will. And I think he checked those boxes as well. So to me, he went into this event as a potential top 20 pick. I don't think he did anything to change that, and I still think that's the range for him uh, moving forward. Wow, that's uh, that's great stuff to hear because I think a lot of Beaver fans are rooting hard for him. He had a great career at Oregon State. Uh, you, you mentioned Bo Nix and being a little tight. Uh, his counterpart from Washington, who bested Nix and his team bested Nix in the Pac-12 title game, uh, Michael Penix Jr. had a nice season for himself. There are obvious injury concerns, I think, from the NFL scouting departments, but and he's also a little bit uh, older than normal quarterbacks, uh, obviously staying in college football and transferring. What did you make of Michael Penix? How are people perceiving Michael Penix? Is, is it system label guy, or is it, no, arms very different, accuracy is pinpoint? How, do, how, do, how did Penix, how has he fared so far in these, uh, these one-on-ones, these matchups, these practices? Yeah, first of all, I'm not really worried about the age. I'm not. I mean, we're, we're living in a world where you've got quarterbacks playing well into their late 30s, sometimes in the the rare instances, even 40s. And so I think it's I, – I understand why people bring this up, but I do think it's a little strange how much people harp on, oh, Penix, he's going to be an older prospect. I mean, who cares? He he could be two contracts in and still be, you know, 34, 35 years old. And so uh, if you get a decade out of a player, no matter where you draft them in the NFL draft, uh, that is a success. So I'm not really worried about that, especially where the position is going. But I thought the Penix had a good week. You know, he he – He's got those long arms, measured him with super long arms. He's got that unorthodox release, but that ball just rockets off of his hand. And I think you were able to see that during the practice portions here. And he wasn't throwing next to Joe Milton. You know, Joe Milton from Tennessee was on the other team, but those two guys had the strongest arms of, of the players that were here. But I think that Penix was more impactful with his arm strength, more accurate with his arm strength. Now, it still wasn't perfect. That's an issue that I think a lot of people have noted in their scouting reports is ball placement can sometimes be an issue. With those longer arms, it is a longer release. It is more things that could potentially go wrong with how you are motioning the football up past your shoulder and when it's coming out of your hand. And so Penix just has to deal with that, having the longer arm. But it was very clear, you know, him and that quarterback group with Bo Nixon and even Sam Hartman as well, that Penix had that stronger NFL-type arm. He's got that NFL-type velocity. And I think overall, he probably had the best week of any of the quarterbacks there. Not that it was you know, far and away incredible, but I still think if you believe that he was a fringe first-rounder, you can still hold on to that. If you believe that he was, okay, more of a day-two pick, I think there are reasons where that was fortified. So I just feel as though it's kind of status quo for Michael Penix, but that's not to say it still can't be a first-round pick. I still think there is a chance that that could be the case, even with his age and eligibility, um, or his, his age and his injury history, 
given what we saw from him this past season at Washington. I, I appreciate you saying what you said at the beginning there. I've just, when I read these mocks, Trevor, I always, you know, he is a little older. I appreciate you saying, who cares? Cause I've kind of had that thought, but when people are covering it saying, well, he's a little older, I've just like, okay, I guess I'll throw that into consideration for whatever reason. So I appreciate you kind of making me uh, dismiss it. Now I don't care anymore. Your coverage has been fantastic, man. We're, we're already against it. So I, I have millions of questions. I'd love to catch up with you around the combine or closer to the draft because I, you're really informative, you're really plugged in on this stuff, and the closer we get to the draft, we can talk about some of the other players that aren't seniors or, or in Mobile, Alabama, and how you feel about all of them. Uh, so thanks for hopping on the show this morning, man. Great insight and great coverage. Yeah, of course, guys. Anytime. Looking forward to hopping back on with you. All right, there we go. Good stuff. Trevor Sikama of uh, PFF Lead Draft Analyst. Uh, with a check-in from Mobile, Alabama. we got the Senior Bowl on Saturday at 10. A little Super Bowl look-ahead in in this way, and I'll tell you how next on The Fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. It's crunch time. Let's go! Where Dirt and Sprague crunch the hot topics you want to hear. What's the pressure? Don't sit here and act like there's no... We get nervous teeing off in front of a gallery on the 10th hole at Eastmoreland. Crunch time. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. With memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Find your crunch time in Portland, Vancouver, and online at crunch.com. All right, welcome back in. Nice little Friday. We've got an early spring coming. It looks like a great jobs report, so the economy is uh, not not so bad right now. Feeling good here on a football Friday. Uh, we uh, we have a lot of Super Bowl stuff to dive into. Really good stuff, by the way, from Trevor Sikkim. I really enjoyed the conversation and the insight. Uh, he is a great example, that interview of Schultz's Twitter allowing you to think one thing when the reality is slightly different. I have heard that trope on older quarterbacks going into the NFL before, and, it, and I've always wondered why are they looked down upon. Yeah, why? like, oh, he's 21, but he's 23, and that's a big if, deal. If you're good, you're good, right? If you, Wouldn't you want a really talented 24-year-old quarterback over a, a decent or good 21-year-old quarterback? That doesn't make any sense. Well, the thing for me was more so like I've seen the clips. Yeah, The clips get sent out. Hey, look at this guy. And Bo has had some nice clips. Michael Penix has had some nice clips. And on Bo, he goes, eh, a little tight. And Penix, even, it's like, he's been good, but not great. Trying to poke holes in it. That dude's sitting on the sidelines watching all day. Yeah. And it's funny, like, Twitter would have you believe that Bo Nix and Michael Penix were out there looking like one and two picks or two and three picks in the draft. Reality is, he says Knicks has been playing a little tight. And who can blame Knicks? I mean, that's a it's basically a big job interview. Hey, go throw your best football in front of all the scouts. We'll see what happens with the draft. He's still kind of mocked in that mid, you know, first round. We also have the the other bowl game, not the senior bowl, but the East West Shrine Bowl for the non-seniors mm-hmm. involved. So a lot of the scouting stuff is coming out right now. So it's good stuff from Trevor Sikama. You can catch that podcast at 1080thefan.com. Um, we got a Super Bowl look ahead here as we dive in next week more, but Nick Bosa was asked what's he noticed about Kansas City's offensive line, and here we go. They hold a lot. Oh, yes. Thank you, Nick Bosa. I appreciate Shocking. you. Uh, throwing it at Juwan Taylor and company in Kansas City, they hold a lot. And I will tell you, as a fan of one of these teams that most of America's picking against, 
I'm already mentally putting myself in a bad spot where I'm seeing Nick Bosa record zero sacks and Jawan Taylor with confetti on his head. Hold it on, huh? Held your ass to no sacks. I can already, like, envision it, and I'm trying not to go there and be pessimistic, but Nick Bosa, big man, play football, hit hard. What do you notice? Hold a lot. Like, okay, great. You're not wrong. I think you have an advantage here, but we've seen this before backfire where it's like guy points out weakness, team with weakness doesn't isn't weak there. Puts it up on the board yeah. during the week. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I'm not really convinced after the whole Justin Tucker uh, incident last week that the Kansas City Chiefs need more fuel to their fire. Well, like, I don't think it's going to make them play shut. better. But yeah, it's Schultz, it's like, couldn't you just, you know, fib a little bit? I like, I, I appreciate the honesty, but also fan of me. Could you just fib a little bit? Because now I have fears that somehow Jawan Taylor is going to be the greatest right tackle and NFL history on Sunday next week. It's not even that. It's more so that I think the referees who have been terrible this season, at just absolute ass in the NFL. I mean, holds when they weren't there, missing holds throughout the game, and I get it. You could call a hold technically on every play. You know what? Why don't you? Why don't we actually teach these guys correctly? But but I, I, I digress. So, so that's really what I'm more worried about is the NFL referee side of things. Hearing that comment, oh, they don't hold, do they? Well, we're, we're it's like th- then they're going to make the call on whether they're going to actually throw the flag on that or not. The Niners announced that they're flying the entire staff. They did this in the last Super Bowl. They, they're doing it again. They're flying every single person who works for the 49ers and giving them a free trip to Vegas. That's really cool. Multiple charter planes. They're flying into Vegas. And here's the crazy thing. You might be saying, well, where do they sit? Maybe they sit in the stands. Also, might be sitting in a suite. Have you seen the prices for these suites? Got to be like what a hundred, two hundred grand. You're pretty close. Christian McCaffrey's mom did an interview, uh-huh. and she was asked about it and said, "Hey, I bet you got a nice suite in that Vegas stadium." And she said, "No, they're five hundred thousand dollars. Half a mil." She goes, "Even money bags, Christian over there can't. He well can't, but doesn't. You know, that's a lot of no, money. That that's." Mm, so they're going to be sitting in regular no. seats, and you don't have to feel bad. They're kids in the Super Bowl. They're going to have a great view of the game. They have access, all access. Yeah, but yeah it, they get to go anywhere. Right, but it was insane. And then people dug in and looked, and you've got suites. Schultze, you've got million-dollar mm-hmm. suites in this stadium. They're beautiful. I, I, a mil- they're like, not worth a million dollars. Who's going to this game? I, I continue to be on this. There's no corporate. real diehard fan that can afford to go to this game. This is just companies providing big wig, you know, associates to the game because I don't know how anybody's affording this thing. It's crazy. I've always, and, and everybody comes back, I mean, oh, Schultz, this is what the Super Bowl's for. It's a co- corporate event. I have always pushed back on that. I I wish that you would set aside 10,000 tickets and put them, you know, not at 10 bucks for the Super Bowl, but but oh, some no. some sort of, you know, available price to the, not every man maybe, but the upper middle class person, a, a couple hundred to a few hundred, depending, like, have a lottery, you know, like, like run a thousand tickets, like, in a, in a, in a master style lottery, and then make the money on everything else, but, but giving no chance, absolutely no <laughs> chance at all to the everyday NFL fan yeah. to get into the Super Bowl, it's wow. just always eating my craw, and everybody's, oh, dude, it's for the, it's for the spendy companies, I get it, but they just don't try at all to get the everyday fan, it sucks. I don't think people actually like that it's become that, I think, I don't think you get pushback, I think you get more people like, yeah, be great. Like I know season ticket holders, I believe, get put in that lottery system, but it's on them if they 
want to pay those prices. It's just it's it's crazy, and to have nine hundred thousand dollars suites at these stadiums, I, I, I okay, that's too much for a suite anywhere. I mean, I've, there's. Some I saw one of the one of the suites was pretty was pretty nice. No, no, it, it is pretty nice. It's premium. I think the Raiders are kind of like uh, the the new stadium in Texas for the Rangers, where you've got different suites at field level as well. Sure, and, and those are probably going to be the spendiest ones. I love that kind of view, but gosh, man, if that's only going to go to a guy or gal that that's spending a ton of money to be there, that doesn't care about football, that only cares about seeing their advertising dollars moving, I, I hate it. I hate this world that we live in. Uh, let's get to a lot of the coaching hires. Harbaugh, Canales, McDonald. I want to talk about all of them. We'll spread the line at 830. Uh, but that was Crunch Time brought to you by Crunch Fitness. Uh, great deals, multiple locations. Go visit them online at crunch.com. Loaded final hour, Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 